Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Arizona, Alaska, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Montana, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Washington, and Wisconsin. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Okay, guys, I want to bring you up to date on a few things. Wow, Senate Bill 1521. Now, I know this may not interest some of you or live in other states besides Oregon, but it is an indication of what could be coming down the pike for you in your own state. This is a horrible bill. I've talked about it before, and it has made it through the Senate. And now uh, it has come out of committee in the House, and it will go to the House floor, and I am certain it will be passed. Very sad day. No longer will school boards be able to fire their superintendent. They won't be able to fire the superintendent without 12 months notice. Now, what can go on in a work environment in 12 months, a work environment where the manager, basically be like the manager of your business, is in conflict with you, the owner, the one who has hired this person to carry out your policies. That is exactly what will be happening in the state of Oregon. And what that means for us is that we will have no say as parents, as citizens, as to what is being taught to our students. Not only what's being taught, but what about school-based health clinics and all of the health care, so-called treatments, mental health counseling will be taking place in those health clinics in our public schools without parents' knowledge or consent. The only recourse is to replace the governor, who is, by the way, the superintendent of public instruction, to replace the governor with someone who will tackle the K-12 through education crisis. All eyes are on Oregon, in my opinion. Yes, we love Florida. We love what they're doing and we're so jealous. And of course, we love Virginia as well. Our state is in dire straits. Okay, moving on. (laughs) I get so fired up over these things, you guys, as you know, and um, it's frustrating. But people are, are understanding what's going on. They get, they get it, they see it, they get it. And now they're ready. They're ready to take real action. The rallies are, you know, the rallies are fun. But what we've got to do now is sign up, file 
to run for public office. We have to put all of our energy and efforts throughout the summer and into the fall in getting our people elected. That means making some sacrifices. That means giving money to campaigns, doesn't it? Yes. And by the way, we did last night recruit two very prominent activists again to run for state offices. So here's what I did. I picked up the phone and I called this woman that I've known for a number of years. And I asked her, why isn't, why isn't the leader of your group running for state representative? And she was, she was very exasperated and she had a lot on her mind and she really didn't have time to talk to me. You know, and she was kind of defensive. Well, he's this and he's that. And he's thinking about running later in two years. And the timing isn't right. And I said, the timing could never be better. The timing is now, 2022. Do not put it off. This is the time to run. All of these rallies and things that you're doing, they are good. But all of that effort that it takes to get people out, to wave flags, to go to school board meetings, to do all of that, Now we need to take that energy and that effort and put it into something where the outcome will be much more far-reaching than changing a mask policy. And that is changing the people that we're talking to. And then I shared with her my story about how I ran for office and, and actually knocking on doors and talking to people. And she has been doing that all along, that she's already been running a campaign. Because isn't that what activists do? They are constantly waging new, quote, campaigns, getting people out, uh, arranging for speakers, planning, organizing. That's what community organizing is. And that's a political campaign. So I said, you, you've been running it. You just didn't know you were the candidate. She actually started to cry a little bit because she'd been thinking about it, but she, she just didn't know exactly how to go about it. She didn't know when filing deadline was. She didn't understand the the workings of, you know, of the government apparatus. You know, where do I file? When do I file? Will the caucus help me? How do I decide what I want to run for? So I gave her some phone numbers and I said, I want you to call the House Caucus and the Senate Caucus and ask them what they need to attain a majority and then ask them if they will help you in your bid to run for public office. Usually the caucuses will help you somewhat. Sometimes they'll help you a lot, but usually they will help you. And then you can make your decision. I took that phone call and I put it into, uh, it was so inspiring to me talking with her and seeing what the result was that I was so excited. I used it for my last podcast. So you'll want to go back and listen to the podcast just before this one. Listen to it. Then I took the link to that podcast and I sent it to her. And then I sent it also to a man who is running a, an activist group And now he has decided to run. So I am thrilled. Let's just keep our fingers crossed. Let's pray that they, that they don't back out. But if they, if they file in the primary, they probably will both run in the general for sure. And, uh, and this is something that, that is really worth winning because then they will be in a position 
to make decisions. Well, she wasn't sure if she was actually qualified. I said, oh my gosh, you are so qualified because you know how to, you know how to get people motivated. That's huge. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Very, very fun. Now I have another story to share with you. And that is about a fellow who contacted us in regards to parental rights. Uh, He's a dad and he was concerned about his child, who I believe is in first grade, uh, accessing his child's records at school. And apparently they wouldn't release them to him. And so he was wondering, you know, what his rights were and how to go about it. And so I had a little time in my hands and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm just going to call this guy. He's in North Carolina. He said I could use his name. His name is Jerome Rodriguez. What a nice fellow. We had such a great conversation. And I, you know, I emailed him back and I sent him some links to a few things. For example, the FERPA information, that's the federal law that provides the rights to access your child's records. website. I'll put these links on the show notes. And then I also encouraged him to listen to our podcast. So, hey, Jerome, I hope you're listening to this one. So he answered the phone, which is great because a lot of people don't right away. If they don't have me in their contact information, they just don't pick up. And I understand that. And um, he wrote back to me after our discussion. And it was so gratifying. He said, thank you for your words of wisdom. Right before you called me yesterday, I was in the middle of writing an email to the school's counselor about my access to my son's school records. I was laying down the law to them. (laughs) And then your call intercepted me from sending it. After you expressed to me that I should remain gentle and get them to an advocate rather than being on the defensive. I did just that. And this morning, I got an email from the counselor. She said, after speaking to the school's legal department, I now have access to my child's records. So what we talked about was the fact that it's really important in negotiations that you try first. Simple, basic rules of negotiation. Remember the golden rule. Now, I'm not talking about a real strong adversary who's coming at you from the school district. I'm talking about the woman or the man who stands behind that registration desk when you walk into the school office. Most of these people who work in the school um, are very caring individuals, and we don't want to put them on the defensive, um, at least until you know that you have to, right? Sometimes that does happen. But I encourage Jerome, give this individual a way forward to save face. In other words, that person was telling him that he could not have access to his child's records. He and his wife were divorced. That is a red flag for school administrators and and staff. They don't want to um, reveal any information to someone who doesn't have the right to see it. Are you actually the father? Um, a, a number of things. So they do not do not want to compromise uh, that child. Be a little bit understanding about their situation. And also your goal is to create an ally. 
not an enemy. You need this person. You need this person to help you. And oftentimes just that phrase is going to be the ticket. You come in and you say, hey, you know, I really need your help. And uh, what do you need from me in order to initiate my access to records? You're asking for their help. Now, if they become belligerent, take that FERPA law, print it out and say, did you know that federal law protects my rights as a parent to see my child's information? All of it, those records should be made available to me. What do I need to do to prove to you that I am her father? Or what do I need to do to prove that I do have joint custody with my wife? Whatever those legal documents are, um, gladly offer to supply them. So you become a team then. And, and this individual will help you to be successful. So you know, I asked Jerome, would you allow me to quote you? And he said, yes, ma'am. Boy, that made my day. If you have stories about situations between you and a school district, we want to hear about them. Uh, that was so gratifying that we were able to uh, help Jerome to overcome his challenge and deal with the school district. Now I'm going to make one more comment about my conversation with him because I did ask him, what are the ages of your children? He has three children. He called me about one, the middle child. He also has a middle school age daughter. So I cautioned him, you need to learn about what's happening in middle schools and please sign up for our news alerts and get plugged in with Parents' Rights and Education because... Otherwise, you won't know what, what you're looking at. You won't recognize it. You won't see the signs when counselors are talking to your child or whatever it is, and you won't know your rights. Get out there. Recruit those candidates. Filing deadline is coming. I don't know what it is in your state, but in Oregon, it's just a couple weeks away. We need to be in the primaries in order to run in the general election. This is Parents' Rights Now. Oh, and please check your show notes. We have a link to a brief questionnaire. We'd really uh, love to have you fill out. You could help us out a lot if you would do that. Uh, give us some feedback about what you think about PRE. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. Uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And PRE keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. Anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks much. So much.